0: Oh boy, here we go for the
1: Thursday show. We are right around the corner from 250 East kickoff. That's right. Supercross heading into Houston this weekend. We will have all the coverage here on the 49. That coverage is going to start at 5 p.m., a couple hours before the gate drop. That'll be myself, the Moto Man, and Jason from Honda, Yamaha, Redlands up on the call. And we will have that all covered for you. I might be late, though. I got a party to go to. I'm not going to lie. I got a party to go to on Saturday. I'm going to go get my party on. You know, this working seven days a week stuff is for the birds, but it's what you got to do when you own a small business and uh, you got a small staff. You got to burn, got to work, got to burn that midnight oil, so to speak. So I will be there for race coverage, but I might be a little late. So Jason and uh, Mr. Moto Man may kick off the coverage without me, but I might be back. I might make it. I just never know i am tell you i'm super superstar. i gonna be like yeah i may be there i may not sure it's a live broadcast but you know i'll chime in when i chime in that's how i roll around here uh on the other point of the show today speaking of moto we got somebody we have never had on the show before but we did get a brief conversation with on friday right before a2 on saturday And then we got to talk to him again Saturday night because, well, he won the whole damn thing in the 250s. And I am talking about Star Racing Yamaha's Levi Kitchen. He is coming up in mere moments. Great to talk to that young man. And then tomorrow we'll have his teammate who also got on the podium, Styles Robertson. So a lot to get into on Moto plus Jet Lawrence tomorrow too. It's just Moto, 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 Moto is what we're doing. And then uh, all next week, we will get your winners of the Houston Supercross up on the radio. So that's what we do. We are Moto Rock Extreme. Uh, Extreme. And then I got stupid regular stuff, too, that I do because it's fun. I have a couple stories I did not get to yesterday. The one about how much is your grandma worth? Like, would you let someone take out your grandma for the kind of money I'm going to tell you about? Uh, I'd be like, Grandma, you had a good life, man. You're setting the family up. Just take it, take it, Grandma. Take it like a champ. I know that sounds horrible, but this is a real story. We're gonna get into it. I was astonished when I found out how much money they awarded a family after their grandma was murdered by the cable man. It's it's a weird story. We're gonna get into that one. Um, I also have a update on a story, and I am I've been a staunch uh, supporter of everything that's happened to this douchebag up until now, and now I'm, re- I'm reading this going. He's getting screwed. And I'm talking about Andrew Tate. We're going to revisit that story. There's an update in that. You know who Andrew Tate is? He was a kickboxer, just a misogynistic douchebag on uh, social media who got millions and millions of followers and then got arrested and was hiding out over in Romania. And I'm going to give you the update on that story. It's, it's interesting. And the way it's being spun by him is... Making you think like maybe there, there is something to this, but we'll get into that. I have a endangered rat in Australia that is basically killing itself. But I'm going to tell you, you might want to be this endangered rat. I just say it's a good way to go. It's a damn good way to go. I'm gonna tell you all about the endangered rat coming up on the show today. Uh, I also have a kid. Like, what do you do when uh, your kid? screws you over and runs up some gnarly charges on your credit card and usually you don't know until obviously it's too late, That's kind of what happened to a family I believe in Michigan we're going to get into that one it's freaking nuts man, it is nuts like what do you do to that kid, and then I'm going to give you uh, the story I missed yesterday about Oakland and why if I was I would sit that super Supercross around out, I'd be like yeah, I'm not going to Oakland, I can't afford to lose all my gear and my bikes and everything else Oakland is a crap hole. A crap hole of America. Going to talk about all of that. Lots to get into, but very excited about our next guest. And that is Mr. Levi Kitchen coming up here. Of course, gets on top of the box after he talks to the 49 on Friday. It's weird. we're the good luck charm of Moto. Mitch Brayton, you still haven't called me. You got problems in that Kawasaki team. You need some good luck. You pick up the phone, Mitch. You know where I am. I'm right here. I'm right here. Mitch Baton, call me. I'll come out, get your guys on the box, maybe protect some guys from getting hurt. Yeah, It's what we do. We're, we're the good luck charm of motocross. We are the Big 49. Up next, Levi Kitchen. To all Southern California goatee-having, truck-driving, hard-rocking, dirt-bike-riding dudes that are sick of the BCBS, welcome home to Big49Radio.com. Big 49, it is stretching right now. We are sitting down with the winner of A2 in the 250 class for a triple crown. Nonetheless, to not only the winner of a triple crown, but his first ever overall win on a 250 in the pro supercross circuit. And that is Mr. Levi Kitchen from the Star Racing Yamaha crew. Eli, how great does it feel to get this win, you know, and finally get something really going for the 250s over at Star Racing Yamaha? Yeah, it's uh, it's huge for me and and obviously the team. You know, yeah. me and Styles have
0: started out with maybe not the best results in these first two rounds, but um, just to turn around, especially for me after having a pretty big get off last weekend on the start, and yeah. uh, even this morning, I mean it was kind of a shit show for me. I crashed <laughs> hard in two practices and um, just to bounce back <laughs> after that, I guess was really good.
1: Yeah, and then that was a big get off, man, in San Diego that you had right at the start of that main event. That was freaking crazy and now to see you just come right back and get the win tonight is a huge deal and and let's talk about your path into the supercross uh levi kitchen not a ton of people uh uh, knew about you coming up because you're not one of the phenom kids that we've known since you know you were five years old you kind of really got a late start into this whole game so what's it like to come in and then Really shoot up rather quickly once you got you know your roots really in, into the industry and on this star racing Yamaha team. Um,
0: yeah, I mean it's it's been good. It, it definitely okay. you know I've been hurt a few times, which I think
1: yeah,
0: kind of starting to learn. I feel like you just you know it's just a given. You're gonna if you're trying to learn that pace that these guys are going. I mean it's just yeah. a matter of time. So um, it was definitely a, a big step. And and even as an amateur, I didn't really ride much Supercross at all. Okay. So, yeah, those, the first year for me um, was definitely, definitely tough. But, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm learning every weekend and, and, you know, I just plan to get better. <laughs>
1: getting better. Top of the step is a is a good place uh, to, uh, to get to, and you've done it really quickly, so congratulations to you on that one. But Levi, tell me about tonight. Let's talk about this. Not a great start tonight. Uh, you, you didn't have a great uh, first main event, then you came out afterwards and started looking really good, so kind of uh, walk us through that.
0: Yeah, that was, that was weird, especially, I mean, to be honest, after the first main, um, I, it was a little disheartening seeing, like, you know, I mean, jet pretty much blew my doors off and then pierce same thing so it was it was definitely tough for me but i'm just not used to that intensity when the track's smooth like that man those guys they're going really fast and uh so after that one i it was kind of a weird feeling and then to get second in the second one um i was just lucky to be alive i don't know if they got it but i i framed the supercross triple and both my hands came off
1: wow and then
0: uh Regrouped, ended up second, and then into the set or the last one.
1: Yeah,
0: Swanee was kind of telling us before it, you know, like what I need to get and stuff. And I'm proud of myself for not really letting it get to me. Uh, all I knew was I just needed nail to nail the start, and I did. And then yeah. kind of just cruised behind jet and yeah, <laughs> it was it was good.
1: So. Uh, were you pretty nervous at that point? Wants to tell you, hey man, you, you can get the win here going into this third main event. But did that make you nervous?
0: Not, not until, um, no, not really. And then like lap four, uh, that back yeah. rhythm where Tomac crashed, yeah. uh, I almost landed off the t- or off the track on the four, and then <laughs> that was when the nerve set in. I would say, All and right. it probably showed my riding. I, r- I really just started being extra safe. So yeah.
1: All right. Uh, let's talk about the team here. Was there pressure coming from the team to get up on the podium, start having better results? You've been on the team. It's your second season. So uh, what were you feeling from the team as far as pressure-wise to get on the box? Um,
0: Yeah, there was definitely some pressure, but the okay. team also seen at San Diego. I was going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, you know, just I was finally a little more relaxed. Anaheim, I was very nervous and was okay. struggling a lot. So um, there wasn't too much pressure. It was, you know, they were happy with how I was riding in San Diego, and obviously yeah. I messed up on the start. And uh, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know that one didn't work out so well, but um, yeah, I wouldn't say there was that much pressure to be honest. So going into the day, I just tried to be relaxed and ride like myself.
1: All right, and uh, how's it working? Uh, your team owner, he's a pretty a uh, direct guy I, I would say and i know he's got an interesting way of motivating his writers like h- how does that work out for you
0: well he's hard to read because you don't know if he's like really trying to get under your skin or if he's joking <laughs> um so it gets to me pretty bad i'm trying to learn him as as much as i can but yeah i don't know he's always got something to say that's for nah, sure.
1: like that guy that owns a big 49 he's kind of a jerk i'll tell you that uh levi let's talk about this uh it was really cool when you got the win to see two of the 450 riders that I remember coming out to you and, like, celebrating with you uh, was Christian Craig, and I know Colt Nichols came up to you as well. And I know they're both former teammates, but it, it just shows uh, that you're a good dude and they're good dudes, and I really liked seeing that. Uh, talk about that a little bit, if you will.
0: Yeah, it was it was unreal. Um, you know, I've been around Colt. I've been around Christian. And- yeah the cool thing like christian he gave me a hug after i won him out at thunder valley and it was just kind of cool he was like there again so yeah um yeah i mean just seeing everybody and you know we all race each other hard on the track and and even you know jet and styles like afterwards like it's cool i think everybody up here at least gets along pretty well and um Yeah, it's a good feeling.
1: All right, Uh, Levi, I got to tell you, it just was a great night. It was fun to see you get that first overall win. Congratulations to you. Can't wait to see you build on the momentum uh, moving forward in this season and in your career. But uh, now you kind of get the momentum, and then you get the rug yanked out from under you because we don't have any races for a little while. Everybody's going to Houston, and the 250 East will fire up their season. So what are you going to do now? We got some downtime. We got some off time. What are you going to do during this this break that we got going on?
0: Yeah, just going to relax, yeah. and I'll probably go fishing. Oh, Malcolm. <laughs> and I'll probably golf, too. I've been playing some pretty yeah. damn go- good golf, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, there you go. I just saw Jet's eyes light up. Watch out. He's a golf shark. He's going to try to get you out on the golf course and, and, and steal some money from you, so be careful with that prize money that you get tonight. Uh, Levi Kitchen, Star Racing Yamaha, congratulations on your first Supercross win on a great night. Congratulations to the team, too, Star Racing Yama. You guys, not only get you on top of the box tonight, but you get Styles Robertson coming up in third. So two Star Racing riders on the podium. Has to be a great night for everybody in that truck. Hopefully your owner will be satisfied with those results for the evening. But now you know that's going to be expected moving forward. Uh, Good luck on your time off. Have some uh, great time. Get some relaxation. And we will see you again in Oakland. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. man report. and the goat has retired yet again and i'm talking the goat goat tom brady i'm not talking ricky carmichael you're not really the goat because jeremy mcgrath's got almost double your supercross wins let's be 100 percent honest here but let's talk about this the goat goat tom brady the winningest quarterback in the history of the nfl has once again called it a career remember last year he came out of retirement his wife got so mad she divorced him and ran off with a jujitsu instructor, but the GOAT is done, says he's done, it's over. He's gonna go be a TV broadcaster at Fox. So shout out to Tom Brady on a wonderful career. All right, here's something you definitely do not see every day. There is a rapper, his name is NBA Youngboy. He's had full length albums released and done your typical rapper thing. He comes out of Louisiana, and he now says he is really, really sorry for his murdering gangsta lyric songs that he has done, and he is going to convert to Mormonism, and he is no longer going to do that stuff. He says he was a role model to kids, and he feels he let himself down. He's holding himself accountable, and he's going to try to do better in the future. We can't rewrite the songs that are already out there, but this guy is no longer going to do, you know, rap songs like a rapper. He's going to do a, be a Mormon rapper from here on out. And just in time for the Super Bowl, bad news for the Eagles. One of their offensive linemen, a guy named Josh Sills, has been charged with rape and all kinds of good stuff it stems back from 2019 when a girl in his neighborhood where he grew up says that he gave her a ride home from a local cafe and then raped her in the car afterwards the indictment came down this guy's gonna go up on charges and the nfl said hey guess who's not playing in the super bowl dumbass so we'll see what happens in this case hopefully He's guilty. I really hope he is guilty because if he's not, this is a shame the dude's not going to be able to play in the Super Bowl. The man. Entertainment with Stretch. Big 4 9. I am Stretch. Uh, I do the morning show here on 49, 3 a.m. till noon Pacific, Monday through Friday. Then on Saturday, I do the Moto Show with my numbnuts partners Moto Man and Jason Rage, YR. It's what we do here on the Four9 and we do it and we do it and we do it. and then on Sundays, actually what's funny is I do the stretch show Sunday nights through Thursday nights and I load them just a few hours before they play the day before I record the show out because uh, I'm a simple man. I got a real job. I got two real jobs on top of the seven day a week job of the 49 and I'm not complaining. It's the grind, man. It's what you guys do. It's what we all got to do. We got to do what we got to do. And if you got what some people consider a fun little hobby that you say is not a hobby, it's your life, that's what this radio station is to me, you do what you got to do to keep that going. And you know what it keeps things going? Money. And as you're building a product and as you're building this thing, and, and shout out to all the newcomers coming from... San Diego coming from A2 and A1 this season. A lot of new fans we have met out in the parking lot. Just doing the grind, man. Uh, shout out to all of you. But cash is what keeps everything going in this world. Cash rules everything around me. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. Yeah, Not just a great Wu-Tang Clan song. No. It's it's a way of life. It's It's how it is. And I'm going to pose a question to you right now and you're gonna have to look deep within yourself to answer honestly. I, you're gonna look deep within yourself to answer this question honestly. This is a horrible, horrible story and it happened a while back now. But basically, um, Charter Communications, AKA Spectrum Cable, Charter Cable, it's a giant cable television company. Well, they got sued uh, in Texas after the, one of their install guys did a house call and murdered an old lady, a grandma. She was in her home, and the dude comes in and fricking murders grandma. And then the family looks into it and they hire. A, I'm sure you're gonna sue when someone sends a. You know, you, you don't expect the cable man to murder you. And then they start looking that they didn't do a good background check on this guy and they probably should have never hired this dude and there were red flags everywhere and the guy was still on the job and ends up murdering this old lady. So it goes to court. And the family is awarded uh, seven billion dollars. Seven billion dollars in a court ordered settlement yeah well and then they go and they get it down to 1.1 billion dollars and, and this goes uh punitive damages compens- uh, compensatory damages and so it went from seven billion it was lowered down to 1.1 billion dollars that's lottery money and they're not paying it they're like we're not paying that we're not paying a billion dollars nope then they couldn't pay a billion dollars they would be gone the company would be um, gone so they're not gonna pay it so finally the lawyers for the company come and they make a settlement they get a settlement in the case and they settle for 262 million dollars and to be and to tell you how shady that the charter communications people were in this deal as this case was dragging on uh, they they were trying to trick the people into signing a arbitration deal which would be like an out-of-court deal to where you kind of get what they give you and f you they were doing shady stuff luckily the family had good lawyers and the lawyers are like no and the fa- lawyers get a seven billion dollar settlement which goes to a 1 billion dollar settlement which now is 262 million dollars so your grandma is dead grandma has been murdered the family is now Generational wealth is what they have now. So, how do you go? You say, Grandma, you served your family well. You went out with a fat check for all of us. Just take one for the team. She was 83 years old. Her name was Betty Thomas. It's a wonderful old lady. The guy that murdered her's name was Roy Holden. He pled guilty to it in 2019 now 2023 and the family's gonna get 245 million dollars he got life in prison the company got a seven billion dollar hit and let it down to a 1.1 billion and now it's at 243 where they agreed to pay it so here we go at this point your grandma you're 83 you had a good life i'm sure it was a horrible brutal murder the you sell grandma off for $245 million. Uh, Stretch going to raise his hand and say, Grandma, listen, I love you, Grandma. You've taught me a lot. And you've taught me about how to take one for the team, Granny. That's what I'm going to tell you. Gra- Granny, take one for the team. I love you more than anything. And now I need the money to keep the big 49 going. It's not like I'm going to kill you, Granny, but, you know, this guy's going to take you out and then I'm going to get paid and the family's going to go on and you're going to leave your family secure and safe. I'm just saying, not many people can sit down and have the honest look at this conversation and, and, and do what I just said, was you'd have to do. Oh, grandma's gone. We're gonna get that mofo. All right, we get him. He's in prison, justice served. Prison for the rest of his life, that miserable scumbag. Maybe with that kind of money, you could hire a guy in prison to kill him for you and you feel some more justice. I don't know, but it's a lot of money. I mean, seven billion, I was shocked. I was like, what? Seven billion, then one billion, I was shocked. I look at that uh, as a good, fair settlement. $245 million, It's a lot of money. That's lottery money right there. It's not the billion, but it's a quarter billion. And the lawyers are gonna get a chunk of it and the government's gonna get a huge chunk of it. You're looking at less than a hundred million dollars. Let's be honest. And grandma's gone. I just, you don't have to tell anybody, you don't have to say like, you don't have to go tell anybody at work, hey, Stretch just gave me a hypothetical today, want to know if I let my grandma get killed for $243 million. He said he would, he's an a-hole though, and then I agreed with him, so does that make me an a-hole like Stretch? Like, you don't have to tell anyone, you can just keep it quietly in yourself. I'm just trying to be less of a hypocrite in my old age. Like right now, I can tell you right now, if, if someone told me, hey Stretch, we're gonna get you killed at work, and your family's going to get $245 million. I'd say, done. Done, 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 done. My kids are taken care of forever from that point. I think most of you would do the same thing. Because right now i die. I think my my kids are going to get a bill, not not a bunch of money. So it, it's easier when it's yourself. But I, I, I'm being honest. You'd trade granny for $243 million. You would now, I don't know how many people in the family got to divide that up. Maybe, maybe you needed the $7 billion to divide it up fairly in order to lose your grandma. Yeah, it's bad. It's sad that we're all horrible people. We all need to go to church and pray more. That's what we need to do. Say, God, please make me a better person because I apparently am a, I'm a piece of poo. I would trade my grandma for $243 million. Huh. Think about it. Just think about what a horrible person you are. I'm stretching the big 49, home of bastard a-holes. Coming up next, I got another fun story for you. Uh, This one, let's talk about the Andrew Tate situation, because I don't want to say I'm going back on what I said, but I'm telling you, this guy's creating compelling argument that he may be getting railroaded by the woke-ass culture. What do you think? Another moral dilemma coming your way. This is the big 49. Big, 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 the Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Now, it's always alarming when teams fold up, but over in the MXGP, they had a pretty good team that actually folded up right before they're getting ready to start racing over there in the outdoor European season. It's Hitachi KTM fueled by Milwaukee. They announced that, hey, we got budget cuts and we can't do it. And they just immediately closed operations. So everybody on that team is gone. And they had a MX2 Grand Prix team as well. All of them out. The dudes are just gone. It's not going to happen. They are not racing the MXGP the funding is gone and so is the team and you hate to see that in motocross because a lot of companies are just getting out of the game there's obviously financial situations to look at but there are some companies that are getting all woke and don't want to contribute to the destruction of the planet by gas burning motorcycles and bs like that so I hate to see it happen. Hope it doesn't happen here to the Supercross or Motocross seasons anytime soon. But a big team gone in the MXGP as of now. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by the LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It is a Stretch show on a Thursday morning. Getting ready for the weekend. Getting ready for the next round of Supercross coming out of Houston. Right now, I want to go into a story, and I will tell you, I am not a fan of this dude, I granted I'm a guy that just told you I may consider uh, uh, letting my grandma be taken out for 245 million dollars. I, I just said that. I said that on the radio. Everyone in my family probably heard it. Uh, well. I, I don't. I don't think I can do it with my mom. My mom is my favorite person in the world. There's, there's, yeah. There's no way. Your mom and your kids. There's no way. What about your wife, your husband? How much you sell them for? I mean, you're not selling them. You're, they're getting. They're getting jacked. They're getting taken out. (laughs) This has gone horribly wrong. All right, let me get back to this story. Uh, Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate is a former professional kickboxer with dual citizenship of America and the Great Britain. And he is a outspoken misogynistic a-hole on YouTube and on social media and he's got an account and he's got millions of followers and he's rich as hell from doing all of that. And just, you know, people, a lot of people, and I know a lot of, I have a lot of friends like this who are like, he just calls it like it is. And it's like, he's a misogynistic a-hole. This is a guy that I'm guessing doesn't like his mom and probably doesn't have, definitely does not have any kids like a daughter. And I would assume is not uh, in a long-term relationship with a female that he has any love or respect for. Uh, And and that's where I put that guy. But he's entertaining. And by the way, some of the stuff he says is like, well, that's, that's pretty spot on. And apparently he fled to Romania where he was hiding out. And he was over there living a good life and continuing to make money on his social media accounts and just being a douche when he was picked up for human trafficking, him, his brother, and two other people. And it's funny, he douchebagged himself right into jail. We all know that story. He went after Greta Thornburg, who I am not a fan of either, and flaunted all of his gas burning high dollar vehicles. And she shut him down at a good reply. But when she did, they also noticed in that video, there was a pizza box in front of him. They didn't know where this guy was. He was hiding out from the charges of human trafficking. And then, voila, they're like, oh, the pizza box, that's in Romania, that's this place. And then they picked him up a short time later on a warrant for Interpol. So I'm like, he probably did it as misogynistic as he is. I see this guy has no value on females in our society. And I would really assume that he did this. All right, well now, he's been in jail for a couple of months and here's the update that makes you think is this sham are they after this guy is this woke culture trying to shut this guy down is he really telling the truth it's not illegal to be an a-hole it's not illegal to be a, a non-woke a-hole it is not and it can't be not in the world if the world ever becomes illegal to be a non-woke a-hole There's a lot of us that'll end up in jail eventually, including myself for all the crap I spew through these speakers every single day. So, this dude, they say he's been living there since 2017, and he does his hate speech, they call it. And and I don't call it that, I call it he's he's an a-hole. I don't necessarily call what he does hate speech. I say he is a misogynistic a-hole. And it stops there. And I would assume if they went after him for human trafficking, they had some evidence because you're just gonna arrest the guy for being a, mis- a misogynistic a-hole. That is not illegal. Okay. And now he's been calling out that they're after me to silence me. They want to silence my voice and the millions of people that I reach every single day with, with my garbage. But here's where there's some weight to that. So he was arrested as an anti-organized crime agency. Uh, They had identified six victims in human trafficking case who were subject to acts of physical violence and mental coercion and were sexually exploited by him, his brother, and apparently these other two uh, ladies that they arrested. Believable to me. They say the victims were lured with the pretense of love and later intimidated and placed under surveillance and subjected to other control tactics while being coerced into engaging in pornographic hacks for substantial financial gain. So this guy was getting young girls over, probably dangling the you know glam life of all the money he had, and then would flip it on them and have them do porn and stuff like that. He's not denying that he had women there, but he was like, he never coerced anyone in anything. They basically did it for uh, the cash. And he, would, he realized he could give them, hey, I'll give you a house, I'll give you this, and then you do porn for me. He doesn't deny that. Also, the way he sets it up, not illegal. Scummy as all hell, but not illegal. Well, here we are now. He just had another court date this week. Has not been charged with a crime yet. Him, none of them have been charged with a crime yet. They have not been allowed to post bail because they know he's got a lot of money and will probably just bounce and he's not a citizen of Romania, he would bounce. So he's a flight risk. They now say, all right, he's already had a hearing where they didn't let him out of jail because they hadn't charged him with anything and it's like no 30 days we'll hold you for 30 more days well now he just had another hearing where they're going to hold him for another 30 days he keeps losing these appeals yet he still hasn't been charged with a crime this guy's been in jail for two months they seized all of his stuff the Romanian government made out like a bandit in this situation they rolled in and just confiscated this guy's millions and millions of dollars worth of stuff and they're like, oh no, we're gonna use this to pay restitution to the victims if there's a conviction. And we're also going to, you know, just keep it because he's a bad guy and he did bad things. And if you bought these things with bad money, it's our money now. That's how the government works. So you know who gets paid in crime? The government, big time. Government loves crime. So they now have not been charged. They're now, he's lost millions of dollars in stuff and belongings and he's got another 30 days of not being charged with a crime not being let out of jail and then so far they have come up with butkus as far as evidence against this guy and he says where's the evidence that the, the evidence is oh he was charged with human trafficking of these six women and blah 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 They're mum on any evidence and they say they can't let him out because they think he'll coerce the uh freaking victims or you know, pay them off and get them to drop their case. So that's another reason they don't want to let them out. Yet they're not, there are no victims when you haven't been charged of a crime. It's weird, either this guy is a really bad victim himself or this government operation, multi-government operation is as inept as most government operations are and this dude's getting, or he's getting railroaded. One of the two. Either the woke-ass world police are trying to shut this guy's voice down, which is should be terrifying to everyone in the world, or this guy is just getting hosed by a bad judicial system in Romania and Interpol, and that includes the United States, and everybody else that's after this guy. I don't know which. I still don't know which. Uh, I, if I have to go by judge of character, I say this guy is perfectly capable of that, and the way he feels and talks about women in general he would have no problem treating them like a piece of crap and exploiting them and doing this. I can see it's an easy one to set up if you were going to set this guy up because he's the perfect victim for the crime he is accused of. Yet, is he even accused if he hasn't been charged in 60 days of being in jail? It's interesting. We're going to keep following this. I want to get to the truth. I don't want what I want to happen. Either way, if I like the guy or don't like the guy, that is a a moot point. I want to know the truth here. And we need to get to the truth. So we'll keep giving you updates when we hear anything on this story. Besides, I don't want to end up in a Romanian prison eventually. There's already countries I can't go to. Like China, they're not fans of Stretch. Russia, I, I have Russian people. The Russian hookers love Stretch. Russian strippers love Stretch. Because Stretch's a big tipper. But uh, the Russian government, not a big fan of the Stretch. I would go the way of a oligarch uh, or whatever the hell they call those guys. All the rich guys keep falling out of buildings. Yeah, all right, up next I got a happy story. I got the story of why the male species of an endangered rat, basically, it's a meat-eating rat in Australia, and they're probably going to go extinct, and I'll tell you why. They're endangered, and I'll tell you why they're endangered, and it's not a bad way to go. I'm going to be like, oh, a human race is going to get wiped out for this? I'm down. Step make 4 9 the Stretch Show, weekday mornings, 3 a.m. till noon Pacific. Big four Nine. it is a Stretch Show, and if you hear this song, you know somebody's getting bangs, bang a bang a bang a bang them Ah, me so horny. Two Life Crew, the greatest rap group ever. They didn't rap about being gangsters and shooting people and smoking weed. No, they rapped about being horny, about banging the hoes. My God, they had some funny-ass raps, and those songs were hysterical back in the day. Luther Campbell was a rap genius. Old Uncle Luke. Look it up if you're a youngster. If you're a youngster, you may not know about Luther Campbell. Rap lyrics like, Nibble on my dick like a rat does cheese. That's something he said. Oh my God, he was the funniest thing ever. Me So Horny is another great song they did. Right now I'm going to tell you about a horny species of rat that is going to wipe itself out because the males are so horny. It's the Endangered Northern Quoll. It's in Australia. And they're like trying to figure out why these things go, are dying out, why they're endangered. And as they study them, they find that the males will go, they won't eat in order to get laid. And they'll travel great distances. They'll just keep going and going and going. It's a carnivorous marsupial and they mate themselves to death in one breeding season. So a male is born and will basically screw himself to death in his lifetime of one year. Females, they say, can live up to four years and have all kinds of babies. The only problem is all the males are dying off because the males are so horny, they'll just, they'll bang themselves to death. They won't eat, they'll travel, they'll be like, hold on. Uh smell a female. I keep going. Who needs to eat? I'm going to keep traveling. I'm going to go get laid. And then they'll travel. They'll bang her. Then they'll smell another female. They'll keep traveling. They'll bang her. They'll bang her. Then they'll bang her. Then they'll bang her. Then they're dead. And you're like, well, the species should be fine. These horny little bastards. And the problem is the males don't live long enough to keep the species alive. Research was published this week. And they look back at these guys and they just find them. They are traveling all over Australia's Northern Territory. Some of them go up to six miles in a night, this little thing. Go six miles in a night without eating. You need some some food at that point. But not these guys. No. They just go out and just, oh, man, I don't need to eat. I'm going to go six miles. I'm going to bang this one. I'm going to go six miles tomorrow night and bang another one. I'm going to go six miles the next day. You get what I'm saying? Man on the road, you got to eat. Man does not live on poon alone. No. He needs some bread here and there. And uh, these rats are... They're just dying. They're effing themselves to death. And I'm gonna ask you another, another real question here. Another moral dilemma. If you could bang yourself to death. Would that not be a good way to go? And and apparently they're banging a different strange every night. It's not like they're they're with the same uh, rat or marsupial every night. It's like, oh man, you again. All right, I'll just bang you, bang you, bang you until I die. No, that's not what they're doing. If they did that, the species would not be endangered at this point. It's the fact that they're they're and they go out looking for strange every day, that the species is gonna die out. I just bang him, bang him, bang him, bang him. Yeah, what happened to him? Oh, he banged himself to death, chasing the wh- whores and not eating. It's a real life problem. Sometimes I think I'm gonna come and, and be like, where's Moto Man? I don't know. Oh, and then Moto Man's dead? Oh, he banged himself to death. Yeah, uh, it Could happen, it could totally happen. All right, coming up here in moments, I'm going to get out of my miso horny rats or marsupials. And I'm going to tell you about, well, what Jason Elombre Anderson's got to say from that Pro Circuit Kawasaki team and finally get to the bottom of the deal that happened in San Diego with Justin Barsha. Plus, we'll talk to him about 8 2 and getting on the box for the first time this season. All of that coming up in moments right here on the 4 9. Big, big, big. big. Dub. Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. And now another video recommendation for you, if you will. It is Dean Wilson's YouTube vlog. Another great one to check out. And it's interesting to look at Dean Wilson. This is a guy that rode for Rockstar Energy Husqvarna last year. Has had a factory ride for a long time. And now has gone the way of the privateer. And he's riding now for that Power Sports Honda team. And... Doing the privateer thing. He's still a fan favorite. The fans dig him. Dino gets a big crowd whenever he's out in the pits. And he's one of the nicest guys in motocross. And the best thing about all of that is that Rockstar Energy stuck with that dude. They followed him over to the new team and did not abandon ship. And I got to love that, man. That is super cool. And the video is interesting to watch Dino and his uh, trials and tribulations of A2. Go check it out on the YouTube. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it's a stretch show. Shout out to Jason Anderson. Shout out to Mr. Levi Kitchen. Those have been our moto guests. The Levi interview will replay again at the end of the show, final hour. Top of the hour, 11 a.m. this morning. You'll hear that again. Let's get right now, though, into the story of a child, a six-year-old, who doesn't say got his ass beat. And I tell you, if you did this in my house, uh, ass a beating's coming. Getting myself in trouble. First I, I said I'd sell my grandma for $243 million. Take one for the team grandma. But then at the same time, uh, here I am now. I'm the woke police are coming for me. I just said I, I beat this kid. This is bad. I'm bad. I'm a horrible human. Let me tell you what this kid did and tell me what your parents would have done to you and what you do to your kids. Little boy. He's six years old. He's like daddy. Can I play with your phone? It's bedtime, 9 o'clock on Saturday night. And when you're a dad and you're trying to watch a show, I watch my dad's shows. I watch Curse of Oak Island. It's my fa- It's my guilty pleasure. I watch that show. The second I get free time, I can't watch anything live because I'm too busy or at work, that I will sit down and watch that show the minute I get time. That's the first thing I do every week. And you probably, my kid was in and like bothering me and be like, can I play your phone? I'd be like, here you go, get out of here. And they would go. Well, that's what he did. And the kid goes back in the back and the kid's playing with the phone. You know what dad's phone has on it? Apps that kids shouldn't have on their phone. And kids have phones. Little six-year-olds have their own phones often. This kid, though, playing with his dad's phone. You think he's gonna go play games or whatever you got on there? No, you know what he did? He got on the Grubhub app. And he started ordering food from everywhere. And the family had no They're sitting there. The doorbell rings. It's now after 9 o'clock. And a guy brings food. And the guy's like, I didn't order food. He's like, I got this address. It's paid for. And the guy's like, okay, cool. And all of a sudden, another one comes up. Kid ordered a little shawarma. Felt like a little Mexican. Ordered some Mexican. Yeah, just bang, bang, and it's like food keeps coming. Burgers, fries. Dad's like, what is going on? And then he gets an alert. There was a $400 order of pizza that was declined by his credit card and a fraud alert. They're seeing all these charges coming on Grubba, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. The little boy was ordering food. They say he ordered shrimp. He had some salads. He ordered some shawarma. Some chicken pita wraps, some sandwiches, some chili cheese fries, a whole bunch of ice cream, and $400 worth of pizza. About that time, the dad realizes, holy crap, I let that little effort play with my phone. He's in there ordering food. The dad runs into the kid's bedroom to say, what are you doing? And the kid says, dad, did my pizza come yet? The dad said he started to laugh and had to leave the room because he was trying to be mad. At that point, I'd be like, you're never getting pizza again. You don't get to eat for the next six weeks. You better plant that pita you just ordered in the backyard and hope it grows into a pita tree, or you're not going to get to eat. I'd be furious. At that point, I'm saying you're on ass beat material, but they're like, no, they think it's funny. They let the little six-year-old monster order up all that food. Yeah, they say they tried to turn his uh, spending spree into a money management lesson. Money management is going to be them because uh, when they started calling the restaurants trying to order the rest of the food that the kid had ordered, they were like, "Yeah, take it up with Grubhub. Sorry, we already charged your card." So they took his money away from him, all the money he had saved up in his little piggy bank, probably like thirty-seven dollars, and uh, they're like, they were trying to teach him a lesson, and the kid's like, "Yeah, whatever." I just spent a grand on food. F you. Middle finger to the world is what the kid said. They say he's never going to be allowed to play with their phone again. Oh, that'll teach him. Yeah, no phone for you. Now he's going to sneak it. Craziness. I'm just saying. That was my kid. We've been handled differently. Like You're going to get a job now. You're going to be out in the front yard mowing lawns. You're going to do all the neighbor's lawns. You're going to shovel snow. We live in Michigan. There's a lot of snow to be shoveled. You're gonna be making this money back is what you're gonna do after you pull my size 13 out of your ass. But I'm stretching how I roll. It's the big 4.9. Big, 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 big the big 49 moto a minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Looking for some good moto videos. We always got them on YouTube. Our friend Derek Kelly has a vlog. You can go check him out on there. And it was cool, especially considering he had his career high finish of seventh overall on the night. It was a triple crown. He even got into the top five in the third main. So Derek Kelly just chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, and moving his way on up to the top of the 250 West Division. Can't wait to see him when they get back on the track again in Oakland. Congratulations to him. Go check out the video and help out our friend Derek Kelly, a privateer that is moving on up like the Jeffersons, I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute is coming up. Brought to you by the LBC, one hour from now. Big 4-9. It's a Stretch Show. Right now, I get down a little too short. Little Bay Area rapper out of Oakland. Just I tell you a story about how Oakland is, well, the anus of maybe the world. Oakland is a crap hole. We got non-stop stories out of Oakland about the crime being out of effing control there have nothing to do with those Bay Area uh, liberal-ass politicians that don't prosecute crime and the gangsters that live in the Oakland area that know they can do stuff and there's no repercussions for their actions, so they're going to be getting it, like, too short. Getting it, getting it, getting it strong is what they're going to be doing. Tell you this story, and then... Uh, by the way, I have an interview tomorrow with Jet Lawrence where Jet Lawrence makes a little dig at Oakland because he knows it's hard. And and by the way, he's not a misinformed Aussie. This kid, is he knows what he's talking about because... Oakland sucks. And they're going to take those, you're talking about a Supercross bike? That might be worth hundred grand. those factory bikes. And you're talking about even the guys that aren't factory guys. Can you afford as a privateer to go up there and have your freaking van stolen with your bikes in it and all your gear? No, you can't. And if you don't want that to happen, you better sleep in it. Well, guess what? That may not even work after I tell you this story. This is real out of Oakland. Dude is in a rental car. He's in a parking lot. He's visiting Oakland, it's a beautiful tourist area. Not. There's video of it, I'm looking at the video. The guy's in the car, on the phone, a thief drives by, sees he's in the car, and looks, they wanted to break into the car. He just came from the airport, so he's got luggage in the back. And it's an SUV, so you can see there's luggage in it, it's not a trunk. Thieves drive by, guy's in the car on the phone. They drive by again, the guy's still in the car on the phone. And then they drive by and they get Guy gets out and crawls to the back, pops the hatch, robs the guy like he doesn't even know. It steals all of his crap out of the back of the car, shuts the hatch, gets in the car and drives away. You are like, well, that's just his bad. This guy's a moron. The guy goes, I I saw the alert on the dashboard that the hatch opened and I thought I just hit it or something with my knee or my hand. I wasn't paying attention and it opened because I didn't think someone was stealing my stuff. So he does the story and, of course, it is uh you know is what it is but it gets for whatever reason it's funny that you got your car got broken into while you were in it and your stuff got stolen and you were unaware is kind of a news story so they come out to do a news story on it while they're doing a news story on it somebody else breaks into the car on camera this is all on camera all of it's on camera this is oakland like you can't even sit in your car without getting robbed And then when you're being interviewed about being robbed while you were in your car, your car gets broken into again. That's Oakland. That's Oakland. That's what you you got. Now, you want to bring your bike up there? You want to be a privateer and go up there and get all your crap stolen? I don't think you do. Yeah, this is nuts. They say this guy was parked in a parking lot off 98th near the I-80. I-880. He used to live up there. I should know all this. Tell you this. When I lived in the Bay Area, I drove around Oakland. I went around and went up the bad traffic of the peninsula so I didn't have to go through freaking Oaktown and get freaking robbed every day. And that was years ago when I lived up there. Yeah, the guy in the car is like, I feel dumb, obviously. I'm on the phone, I'm looking down, I'm distracted, and my car got robbed right, right while I was in it. They took his backpack, his passport, his laptop, all that stuff. He lost all of his stuff. He didn't even know it, the dumbass wasn't until later, wherever, whoever had the cameras in the parking lot came out and said, hey, man, you just got robbed. We got it on film. Here it is. Freaking Oakland. That's Oakland right there. And you want to go up to Oakland? You'd be feeding two shorts families. What you be doing? Homies will be robbing you up. You don't even know it. And now freaking Supercross is going there. And I get you. If you live in Sacramento or somewhere like that, you'll drive down to Oakland. That's not bad. Not a, It's a pretty far drive, but it's as close as you're going to get. A lot of dudes from Central California will drive up. There's a lot of moto fans in California that aren't serviced by the Supercross because they need a big old stadium, and you don't have those big old stadiums in small parts, you know, smaller towns of California. So they got to put one in crap-ass Oakland, and you can all get robbed. Let's hope when we come out, it'd be funny if you came out of the Supercross and every car in the parking lot was gone. Hey, man, while we were watching the races, every car got stolen or broken into. Or, oh, we lost a kid. Our kid got abducted. That's Oakland. That's what we're heading into here soon. Middle of February. Armpit a-hole of the earth. All right, I'm getting out of here. Up next, going to talk to Mr. Levi Kitchen again. And we're going to bounce. I'm going to say see you later. It's the Big Four Nine. Big, 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 The Big 49. Moto. A minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Alright, Supercross Live has done something very risky in my opinion. They released video of the Daytona track, or like the model of the video, and it was designed by Ricky Carmichael. Now, Ricky Carmichael's the guy that runs around and tells us all about the Triumph Dirt that he's road. Only no one's ever seen a photo of one, or a video of one, or anything of one. Yet, Ricky's ridden one, like it's a unicorn or some crap like that. So, I I hope that this daytona supercross track actually exists when we get to daytona and we don't show up and they have a giant tarp over it and say this is a great track but you're never gonna see it i'm telling you supercross live don't trust that ricky Carmichael. he's shady i'm stretch another moto minute brought to you by lbz is coming up one hour from now big 49 it is a stretch show on a thursday shout out to everybody Time to go home. I thank you for listening to us. A shout-out to the new listeners who have joined us since San Diego Supercross, since Anaheim 2. Shout-out to all of you. We appreciate you, man. Tell somebody. Tell five friends, please. For the love of God. You're listening to the world's only motocross rock radio station on the planet. And it's a grower, not a shower as of now, but it's growing rapidly. Hundreds of thousands of listeners to the big four nine I don't think they listen in the stretch show I think this in the big four nine. like I like that moto content but that guy's an ass hat that's fine I accept that you know who else is an ass hat moto man he's on too in fact tomorrow the moto man show coming back in full of Phil's Mills gotta represent you got all moto all the time three o'clock on Friday and then on Saturday moto Jason myself gotta bang it out for Supercross coverage. It's in Houston. We are not, we are doing it live from the lovely East Valley studios of the Big 49. There's some stuff coming though. Big 49, I told you guys, January, February of 2023, some big stuff was coming. It is currently in in the works. We'll reveal that as soon as we can. Can't come soon enough, I tell you. You're going to want to keep listening to Big 49. It's only going to get way more interesting from here on out. And it's going to keep growing and showing. Pretty soon they're going to be like, that's an impressive schlong you got there. And be like, yeah, it is. I call it the 4'9". It's like a 49 inch penis. That's impressive. Yeah, I know. It's over four feet tall. That's four feet, one inch. That'd be a midget if it was a person. But if it's a penis, that's huge. Giant. That's what we're going to be. We're going to be that giant penis there. Giant penis juggernaut of broadcasting that brings you rock and roll better than any Southern California radio station. Look at it. K-Rock and I feel bad for Alt. They're a really good radio station, but they call themselves Alt. And Alt is for alternative. And alternative music sucks balls. It's the worst form of rock and roll there is. And it's... Very vaginal discharge if I want to be 100% honest with you. And you get people that are just... I mean, I call it the alternative to good rock. It's too mellow, it's too soft, and they like it. Radio programmers have this thing, and I've been in a million meetings with radio consultants and all these idiots. And they always say, all right, I know you got a knuckle dragon, moronic man show, but we need women. I'm like, well, that's not my audience. My audience is dudes dudes that like moto uh, there's i'm sure there's women that like moto and they'll listen they'll tolerate it to get the moto content and they're like yeah no we need to cater to those women so we're gonna jack up your music and play a bunch of vaginal discharge music and the women will like it the men will hate it and then they'll tune out and, we, and you won't have your tsl they, they they don't put two and two together here's what i got i know who my audience is i talk to my audience we program to our audience and we play kick-ass rock and roll for our audience and that's what we do and we don't throw that wussy alternative crap in here. We have alternative, and it's my least favorite music that we play. We just don't go as far as, like, Alt and K-Rock and... God, it's god-awful what you do. At least, freaking Grandpa S just plays old crap. they will beat you with a little Bob Seger here and there. Show you how cool they are dropping some freaking Def Leppard on your ass. Uh, ugh, God but they're not playing alt, which is like a bunch of teenage girls whining about their emotional life. I I don't want to hear that. I'm a rock and roll dude. I'm sure there's an audience for it. It's called young teenage girls who don't typically come around the 49. If you are one, I I welcome you and congratulations for having great musical taste. All right, I gotta get out of here now. I'm turning into Andrew Tate. They're gonna put me in prison next. Lock me up, throw away the key. It's the Big Four Nine. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Till then, God bless you all, and God bless the United States of America.